Most of you are not scared to fail for yourself. You're scared to fail and then somebody else that you care about is judging you. Can you feel that? Craving content? Technology? The entrepreneurial process unfolds when someone has an unusual foresight for what the future demand for a product or service might be. These brilliant minds are the ones who put everything on the line to go against the grain, follow their intuition, and then substantiate it over time with fact. The most important thing about running a company uh, is to remember all the time what a company is. Um, a company is simply a group of people. You know, people are no different from, from flowers. If you water flowers, they flourish. If you um, praise people, they flourish. Often, though, these entrepreneurs are brilliant minds, but sometimes struggle to tell their story or beat their drum. Yet, in an age where content is king, success and storytelling must go hand in hand. After all, for an audience to feel connected to a new idea, a way of thinking, or disruption to their day, they'll want to be a part of the struggle and then enjoy the benefits of the entrepreneurial overhaul. Look no further than Gary Vanderchuk, who's built a social media-focused digital agency out of seemingly thin air, and that has spawned the creations of the Ask Gary V Show, the Food Loves Tech event, and of course, the Daily V Blog. But where Vanderchuk has really stamped his authority is through Snapchat, a platform that sees him engage daily with fans as they watch him work, travel, eat, and sometimes even sleep. The people that are scared to fail stay within a comfort zone and can only hit a certain Level. It's this level of interaction on a personal note that connects him with not only his clients, but it also builds a fan base of those wishing him well right around the world. Similarly, Ariana Huffington, former Huffington Post editor-in-chief, built her platform on the back of original content and a healthy mix of both news and views from around the world. My big idea is a very, very small idea that can unlock billions of big ideas that are at the moment dormant inside us. And my little idea that will do that is sleep. Are you ready to strip back your old school mentality and start strategizing your content play like Gary Vee? Well, over the next 20 minutes, we're going to find out what makes a successful entrepreneur and how we can transpose those lessons into quality communications that inspire and delight our audiences. So listeners, we ask the question of how these enterprising spirits are seeing things that maybe the rest of us aren't in the content world and how they've continued to move forward while the rest most of us sometimes feel like we're constantly playing catch-up. What tools, tips or tricks should we be using to build our brands to the lofty heights of those above us? And how do we get there faster than we thought? Are you ready to get entrepreneurial? If so, jump outside the box and let's roll. Listeners, you're locked into Brand Storytelling, the podcast that challenges the status quo for journalism and pushes the boundaries for branded content. Of course, it's all made possible by Newsmodo, the world's leading brand newsroom. And if you want to hear how you too can leverage a network of 25,000 journalists and storytellers, drop the team a line at newsmodo.com. 
Now, our guest today is a content crafter and marketer at Founder, a magazine and platform that's devoted to young, aspiring entrepreneurs. He's got a passion for writing and working with startups. He's interviewed Gary Vee and just about every other thought leader, innovator, and startup in any incubator. His name is Jonathan Chan, and he joins me on the line now. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for joining me on Brand Storytelling. How are you going today? I'm going great. How about you? Doing really well. I'm actually down a beautiful lawn today where the sun is shining despite it being freezing outside. I know it's pretty cold back in Melbourne. You base yourself at Chapel Street at Founder Magazine. Tell us about Founder. Well, Founder Magazine is a entrepreneurship brand. Uh, basically, we want to build a platform, whether it's through content, whether it's through our courses or our community and create the go-to resource for entrepreneurs anywhere and everywhere around the world. And how's it been going? Because you've only been around for a couple of years, um, but you've had some pretty big names on the platform offering their insights, tips and suggestions like Gary Vanderchuk. Yeah, it's been great. We've got to say it's been a lot of hard work, but I, I won't lie, that's also been a bit of luck here and there. But yeah, in three years, we've been able to grow really, really quickly. We've got, and as you said, uh, Gary Vanderchuk. We've managed to get interviews with Seth Godin, with Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, like the real big players in the entrepreneurship space. And it's just, uh, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so one of the big challenges that I know a lot of podcasters and publishers go through is finding great guests and interview subjects. You guys have had some brilliant ones over the journey, including Richard Branson, Gary Vanderchuk, and so on. How do you get them on board? Uh, I guess the easiest story to tell is probably the Richard Branson one because he was the first big name influencer that we've uh, ever got in touch with and that ever actually said yes to an interview. Uh, I wish there was a really really great story behind it that we kept on hounding him and we saw like (laughs) our eyes met across a party and he was like yeah you're the kind of magazine I want to do a cover with. Uh, No actually it was literally just getting in touch with their press uh, with their public relations and requesting an interview and just having the courage to ask and because a lot of people do ask us how do how did we manage to get so and so and all all honesty it it all starts with asking if you don't ask you don't get yeah pretty much <laughs> a lot of people uh psych themselves out because they're just because they're like oh this person would never talk to me it was like well how would you know if you, if you don't start the conversation which is a great lesson for all our listeners out there when you're creating your own content aim high because you never really know where you can uh, where you can get to if you don't aim for those great opportunities as they come your way with things like newsjacking and great content then you might just let those opportunities pass you by now with founder it started off as a digital magazine but as i mentioned it is now a platform where you offer things like building a community for the entrepreneurs out there webinars courses and so on How's that developing for you guys out of Australia? And what's the startup scene like here in Melbourne in particular? Well, it's actually gone really, really well. It's gone a lot better than we thought we, it would, to be completely <laughs> honest. That's um, not a bad thing. Yeah, it's always great when you have a, like a hockey stick growth for when you don't expect it. Um, no, it's gone really good. We've just It used to be about helping, entrepreneurship, helping entrepreneurs through content. Now it's helping entrepreneurs directly we've just the method has changed slightly but the vision is still the same uh with the startup scene here in melbourne it's thriving i i love the startup scene here in melbourne mainly because it's it's not silicon valley yet you know it's not but it's getting there 
it is definitely getting there. We're getting more initiatives. People are getting more creative. People are looking out to do to build their own thing, to work outside of the traditional nine to five. So I'm actually really excited to see whether what the startup scene is going to look like in the next five, ten years, and say that I was there from the start. So pretty cool. And what is it that you think is making great entrepreneurs, particularly here in our local market? What are you seeing that stands out in the way that they perform, the way that they tell their stories? or just the products and services that they're creating? The best example would probably be uh, Chris Strode from invoice to go He's actually not a Mel- he's not actually not from Melbourne, but mm-hmm. uh, invoice to go is the biggest sort of invoicing app and platform throughout the world at the moment. And he started off uh, working for, I think, one of the big three banks. And he worked on his app in between, like on in between from home to going to work and from work to going to home just on the train yeah and eventually he turned it into this multi-million dollar business which is amazing i think the number one advantage that the melbourne startup scene has over anything else is that because we're so small and we're so and we're so we're growing at the moment it's that melbourne doesn't really have this uh i suppose cutthroat attitude to business if that makes sense. It's, we are more willing to collaborate with each other than to compete, which I think is Mm. extremely important when you want to grow a startup scene. It's, I mean, when we were trying to launch, we're in the process of actually creating a physical book. uh, It was great that we were able to reach out to so many other publishers and people who have released physical products here in Melbourne and just get their expertise. I don't think that's something that's very common in, most other places. So you're responsible for all of the content that goes on the founder site. How do you transpose those stories from entrepreneurs into something that's more digestible, particularly for a marketing audience? Something that we are really, really big on at Founder and something I think Nathan actually learned from Gary V himself was the fact that every piece of content should always be giving value. It always should have something actionable, tactical, or strategic about it. It, you basically have to, the way I see it, is that you have to reward your audience for spending 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of their time listening to your podcast or reading through an article or going through a magazine and be able to reward them with, hey, this is how this person did it. We're not going to just tell you how this person did it, but we're going to show you how they did it so you can do it too. Like it's all about rewarding your audience as much as possible. And so what are the, some of the examples that you can perhaps draw from that you've used in your own content that adds value that's maybe outside of the typical article or blog piece that we see so often? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> this one thing that I really like to do with my articles is I like to take a uh, informal tone and I like to put a lot, like a lot of jokes, a lot of gifts, a lot of things that you wouldn't typically expect in an entrepreneurship article, I suppose. Uh, Funnily enough, that started off as a joke to see how (laughs) much I could get away with before the editor and Nathan finally caught on and then later said, no, we're not putting that in. Um, But it actually worked out for the better because they were surprisingly cool with it and (laughs) it actually responded really well. And that goes back to my whole thing of rewarding your audience. Sometimes, at all times, I think, you need to reward your audience in as many different ways as possible. 
whether it's making them laugh, making them feel something. You need to find different ways to thank your audience for saying thank you for spending time with me. Here's a funny joke. I hope you find this funny or I hope you find this piece of advice valuable. Absolutely. That's a great point about adding value every step of the way and always thinking audience first. Now, Jonathan, I have a little segment I like to call the Mad Minute, which we put 60 seconds on the clock and throw you in the hot seat. If you're ready, we're going to kick it off with question one. Your favourite entrepreneur? Uh, My favourite entrepreneur has to be uh, Tim Ferriss at the moment. Question two, your top place to dine in Melbourne? Oh, this is... This is going to show off how uncultured I am, but I really just like um, hanging out at, like, I think Domino's or the local Pizza Hut with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Question three, the best thing about Founder? It has an amazing startup environment. I get to meet a thousand million different amazing entrepreneurs every single day and be inspired. It's amazing. Speaking of inspired, do you have a book or a resource that you recommend? My go-to book for anyone who wants to learn anything about public relations or marketing is uh, Ryan Holiday's Trust Me, I'm Lying. This is Yeah, that's a great book. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Question four, the best story you've written recently? No, my favourite story to always write about would always be either Chris Strode of Invoice to Go when I do a feature piece mm-hmm. for him or uh, Lisa Q. Fetterman of Nomiq. They have fantastic startup stories. Next area brands should be aware of when it comes to storytelling. Are you the hero or are you... Or is your audience the hero? Now, I'm, I'm down at Beautiful Lawn and I uh, can say it is picturesque down here. Um, but what's your favourite hideaway in Victoria? Favourite hideaway in Victoria? I love going down to South Bank. Surprisingly, it's pretty quiet over the weekends and you can just stroll around the Yarra River. It's pretty uh, relaxing. Fun fact for our listeners. Uh, ducks have cors- corkscrew penises. I don't know why that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, so that's... That could be the best answer we've ever had on the Mad Minute. (laughs) Question nine. What's changed about entrepreneurs? There are more of them. People, entrepreneurship isn't being looked down upon as much anymore. People who are serious and they want to create something for themselves are now really taking over. It really is the age of entrepreneurship. And we've just seen the Olympics wrap up. What would you say they were for you? Uh, the Olympics, I always love the Olympics because I love watching sport in general. It's always great to see the best athletes compete at the, against the best. Yeah, the Olympics have been fantastic this year. It's been great to see all our Aussies doing so well, except I must say that they do seem very happy with any position that they come. I saw some rowers coming in about eighth and they said that they were fantastically wrapped with coming in eighth. Um, and there was a lot of... Uh, contentness if that's uh, appropriate when it comes to perhaps not meddling and i just don't know if we're pushing hard enough maybe next olympics we'll see some better results anyway carry on constructive content how do we pull this stuff together and how do we as entrepreneurs or bigger businesses actually create content that tells our story and really draws an audience in to be part of the journey particularly where entrepreneurs are concerned i know jonathan that it's a tough slog and sometimes the best thing that you can do is actually bring people along that journey with you so that when you see the successes they also feel a part of those successes too how do do the great storytellers pull together their content and bring people along for the ride? I really like the fact that you've uh, mentioned storytelling because that's a really big thing for me when I think about content. Uh, in storytelling, you know, who do you typically see as the hero? When it comes to marketing, when it comes to branding especially, the hero is always your audience. It's never you. Your job is in the story is to be the mentor figure 
It is to be the person that guides the hero through their series of challenges or adversities with your experience, with your wisdom, and to help them out wherever wherever you can. And I think, and like, the best analogy I can think of is, like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, or, like, Morpheus <laughs> and Neo. Like, you aren't the hero of the story. You're the one that has to help the hero. So coming in from that position is always uh, first and foremost. Like, that's rule number one. How are you going to help the hero? When it comes to creating really valuable content and taking someone on along their journey, uh, it's always about, for me anyway, thinking about what is the biggest issue at the moment. So if the biggest issue is, let's say, I don't know how to do a product launch, if you want to get really specific, or mm. I don't know where to go from here in regards to being an entrepreneur, then my role as the mentor, as the person that's telling that in this story, is to figure out how can I help this person overcome their problem. Once you figure out how to help someone overcome their problem, you will and you target that, you will always, always create really valuable, really actionable, really strategic content that people will definitely love. They will always appreciate. For our listeners who perhaps don't know much about Gary Vee, who, of course, is a prolific content creator, um, author of Jab, 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 Right Hook, and so many other publications. But what would you say is the best way to sum him up? To sum him up, he is, as a person, he is manic- he is a hustler to the very bone, someone that refuses to do anything but be productive every waking moment of his day. Uh, with his philosophy and with his teachings, I have to say he is the latest in the line of brand storytellers in the same vein of like uh, Seth Godin, for example. I think content, doing good content has always been valuable. It has always been, it has always, always been something that is recognized. Gary is the person who is taking that philosophy and putting it for our generation, for the social media generation. So from those lessons that Gary V is imparting upon the younger generation and entrepreneurs out there, what can big brands take out of those messages? How are you serving your audience? I think a lot of big brands tend to, and edit this out if this is, uh, if this is a bit too risque, but I like to call it, a lot of big brands like to market bait. They like to do marketing or do brand storytelling that makes them feel good instead of helping their audience. Like you see this a lot with, I don't want to give out any specific examples, but you see a lot of brands, they'll, they'll put out ads or they'll do pieces of content and it's, it's, it's so self-congratulatory. It's almost condescending. It's like, look at me, how funny am I for saying this joke? Or how witty am I? How in touch with this generation am I? A lot of it is market baiting. It's, it's, to, it's like self-pleasure. It's to, it's to help. It's to pat themselves on the back. And people can immediately, 100%, always pick that out. As soon as you feel, come off as pretentious, as condescending, people will pick that out from a mile away, from 100 yards away. They'll look at that and be like... Yeah, I'm not I'm, mm-hmm, not not into that. So, yeah, like if if anything with Gary Vaynerchuk's philosophy, it's it's always always make sure you're rewarding your audience and not yourself first. It's a huge lesson, but one that's a big risk I imagine for brands to take, isn't it? Because they have a particular persona, and often it's about building trust, and it's on a, a bedrock of foundation that's been built over generations or 
years and years. So to leap away from that and, and to show some humanization almost of their brand can be a real challenge. How do brands best attack that without potentially letting themselves or their audience down? If I was going to give an actionable step, um, user generated content. People love user generated content. It is whether it's getting people to give video testimonials about you and cutting it together or like I think Hungry Jacks did a recent ad with their uh, coffee, I think, mm-hmm. that they recently do. Just social proof, showing that regular people are enjoying your stuff and that they are regular people. That's always a great way to do it if you wanted a really actionable tip. Uh, as an overall strategy, to get more in touch with your audience, I would say fire your marketing team. No, gosh, don't do that. <laughs> Hire me instead. Uh, no. Um, start positioning it. Start getting more outside people to look at what you produce with fresh eyes. Something that I'm very guilty of, and I, I think everyone's guilty of, is that when they work on something, when they pour a lot of you know, blood, sweat, and tears and hard work into something, they create a silo around themselves. And they think, this is perfect, this is, this is amazing, and don't let anyone else see it, or mm. it goes through a really awkward process of checking... And that creativity, that spark, whatever you had, turns out really wasn't there. Yeah. So being okay with letting go of projects that just didn't turn out right, you know, don't do the whole sunk cost fallacy thing where you spend, you know, $100,000 producing an ad and then later you look at it and it's like not that good. Just because you spent $100,000 on it doesn't mean you should let it go to air if it's actually damaging your brand. <laughs> so it's a matter of actually checking yourself before you wreck yourself. Always check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and as we start to wind down on what's been another great episode of Brand Storytelling uh, with Jonathan Chan from Founder, what could you say as some parting advice? Uh, bearing in mind that most of our listeners are from those conservative brands who are starting to look for new ways to reach out to particularly a younger audience. Start humanizing your brand if possible. It is great to establish yourself as someone that is super trustworthy, as super amazing, but don't bloat yourself up too much because as soon as you come off as condescending or arrogant, people are going to immediately be turned off your message. So be very careful. That is an awesome way to wrap up the episode because there is an entrepreneur in all of us and it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you can always apply that entrepreneurial spirit. So thank you so much for reminding us all of that important message. Jonathan Chan from Founder, no doubt we'll be seeing big things from you in the future. Thank you very much, Raquel.